Hey, hey there, business owner. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. This is our weekly episode, and I'm so happy you are here. Let's get started. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Annette Walter, and I'm so happy you are here. This week, we are joined by Lauren Ascari, and I have to say she is just simply one of my favorites. Lauren and I have known each other for years, and she is gracefully tenacious and inspiring and such a hard worker, so thoughtful, so kind, and just demonstrates an awesomeness in simply everything she does. I know you're going to love this episode. I'm so happy you're here. There's so many amazing nuggets of information and inspiration within this episode. Enjoy it and uh, let me know your thoughts. I love hearing from you. I love all the DMs, all of the reviews, and all of your awesome comments on the sidelines. So thank you so much for sharing that. Please share this with someone who will enjoy it as much as you do and keep evolving entrepreneur. I am so proud of you. Hello, hello. Here you are. I'm thrilled to be here with you, Annette. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. We're going to have some fun today. We are here with Lauren Ascari, who is the founder of the Alderson Loop, which is a forward-thinking provider of information, technology, marketing, and creative services. How are you? Doing fantastic. How about yourself? Good. You're also the host of the podcast, How'd Her Career Get There? Yeah. And you've been on the Inc. 5000 list for three years straight. You are amazing. <laughs> we are proud of that this year to get the, uh, the trifecta of the third year in a row. So certainly a testament to all of our fantastic employees. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. And I'm going to keep on going. Top 50 companies, women-owned companies in Maryland. That's another one that we're quite proud of. Yes. And I could go on and on and on. <laughs> It's <laughs> good. I'm going to, I'm going to call you every morning to just talk to just, Let's it'll make this. me feel good. Let's do this. Uh, <laughs> let me just remind you of how amazing you are. Okay. <laughs> All right. So catch us up to speed. Give us the backdrop of, um, who you are, what the company is. Tell us about you and everything. And then we'll get into kind of real time, real life, real business talk. Um, so we can help some other business owners out there as they are evolving along the way with us. I love it, I love it. So quick backdrop. Um, so I started Alderson Loop in December, 2013. So we do, uh, as you mentioned, we do creative and technology project staffing and consulting services. So we're based in Sykesville, which is a little bit west of Columbia. And we service clients, Baltimore, DC, and throughout the continental US. Uh, so started in December 2013, um, fast forward to where we are today. Um, we have clients, like I mentioned, across the country. Um, we have had some adjustments made, obviously, with, uh, with COVID. Um, we're, you know, the fortunate thing about our business is that we're a technology business, so it allows us and our uh, staff to very easily, for a lot of our clients, work remotely. So our adjustment in 2020 has been, uh, I'll say probably slightly less painful than maybe for some other businesses. Um, 
but really started the company um, in 2013. I was had come from the staffing industry. That's where pretty much all of my career had been and really started it because of a combination of, of primarily personal reasons. I was pregnant. My husband and I, uh, we got pregnant with our first daughter um, and I was working eight to 6.30 pretty consistently with a 45 minute commute on either side. Mm -hmm. And at the time, telecommuting and working from home was not nearly as prevalent or accepted as it is now, uh, even back as in 2013. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really an option for me to continue working or to work from home at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't want to dial back my ambition, but I also really wanted to spend time with my daughter. So uh, ended up really, you know, jump, go into, hey, I can start this business or work for somebody else. It's a little bit closer to my house. And uh, obviously kept tech, uh, took the leap to start the company and fast forward here we are seven years later a lot of hard work a lot of tremendous people along the way helping to build it to uh to where we are today and hopefully we'll keep growing that's awesome that's awesome and i love how you say that you don't want to you didn't want to dial back your ambition and i think instinctively that is something that lives within women entrepreneurs especially because you become you get to this chapter where you're starting a family, growing a chap, uh, you know, a family, and it's almost like something's innately in you. So, you did a really great job of making that decision, starting the business. I love how you have niched the recruiting space. So, tell us about the importance of really narrowing in on a niche and how that's been beneficial for you and the company. Yeah, I think any execute, I view execution as the most important thing in business, right? At, at any stage. And that can be whether you're starting or, or along the growth path. And, and we're still very much a small business. Um, but the execution piece is really important. And I think it's just easier to execute if you are narrowly focused on delivering a service or a product. And then once you get a consult, once you get a, uh, a client base or a reputation, then maybe expanding or growing where the market takes you or where you see areas of opportunity. But it's, mm -hmm. it's really easy to, uh, to drown in opportunity sometimes. And, and I even remember earlier on, and, and even today, you know, sometimes we'll turn down opportunities because it's going to take us too far away from what our core is. And we'd rather be really good at something to build deep, meaningful relationships with customers than try to be all things to everyone. It's easy to drown in opportunities. That's really good startup advice, right? Because don't you feel almost in the beginning as if you're just so excited, right? So, so what does it look like now as you're looking at different opportunities that COVID has been uncovering uh, in this season? So it's interesting and, and, I, and I love the question. I want to be really thoughtful with how I answer it. There is, I believe in every circumstance, and as I say this, I, I feel the need to put an asterisk by what I'm about to say that, you know, I, I have not had anybody drastically or personally affected by COVID, right? So, mm -hmm. so obviously it's, sitting in my seat as I make this comment, it's with deep, deep sympathy and empathy for everybody who have had real tragedy as a result of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. With that, I, I think there is opportunity and um, I think there's opportunity in challenging times. 
And with COVID specifically, or 2020 as a whole, mm-hmm. we've had the opportunity to take it as a chance to build deeper and even more meaningful relationships, not only with our staff, but also with our, with our clients and with our customers. So for us, it hasn't been so much about adjusting our service offerings. It's been more about the human side of it, right? And especially, you know, if we go back to March and when the whole thing started and none of us really knew where it was going to go and how, how it would affect um, individuals or the economy as a whole, right? It was calling customers and having a, a how are you conversation, not a, you know, what's your business look like for the rest of this year, right? And I think that's a really delicate line. So, so I would say in terms of how we've adjusted and, and opportunities, it's been more building deeper, deeper meaningful relationships versus um, changing or expanding our service offerings. Absolutely. And it's, it's a checkpoint. It's, you know, how are you really doing? Like, is everybody okay? How, how are you surviving homeschooling, virtual, wherever you are, whatever you're doing? And it's really cool to see those different connections happen and those deeper connections happen through something like this. You really fl- grow closer together. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I, I, this is going back a couple of years, but I, I remember one day it just dawned on me, you know, business and anything in life, right? It's, it's relationships. So there's not some, you know, unique divider between who a person is at the office or at work versus who they are at home, right? It's just, you're Annette and I'm Lauren, right? And we have a relationship and we're having a conversation. And so when things like this happen to really reach back to the human side of it and understand that whoever's on the other side of that conversation you know, is a, is a parent or a sister or an aunt, or maybe knows somebody that's going through something that I don't even understand or don't even know about. And to really have that, that level of empathy to be able to, um, to talk with somebody on that human level, I think is, it's, it's just really important, I think, for, for business and in life in general. It is. And that also says so much about you as a leader, when you really are that open and real and relatable and i i'm not a big fan of the word vulnerable but it it, you know kind of conveys um it's more that realness that i think is is it's the more important thing did you feel that way when you were working for someone else or do you think that's just a progression of time because i completely relate to everything you're saying i feel like my former corporate banking self, I was, you know, Annette at work, you know, very, very formal. And, and then at home, I was like, but Annette and a different person. <laughs> now it's just, it's me all the time. This is what you get. I mean, you know me, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, how, how about you? Uh, I love that question. Um, <laughs> I, it's interesting. And I don't know if it has to do with, I know I have a very clear answer to it in my head. I don't know if it has to do with working for somebody else, or if it just has to do with overall growth of me as a professional or as a person, um, or if it has to do with where I was just at a time in my life when I was working for somebody else. But I did feel like there was a certain way to behave at work or a certain way to communicate it. And, you know, I'm in the technology services business, which is there's a lot of of men in the industry, a lot of fantastic uh, men and women leaders. But at the place that I was, you know, I was most of the time the only female in the room. So having that balance of, okay, how do I act like Lauren versus how, you know, how the way that that gentleman is acting is different than maybe how I would communicate something, but he's getting a result. And if that's, my example, then do I need to tailor what I'm doing to act more 
like that person. Um, and being very much surrounded by men, it was a very, I felt the need to be very like, I, I don't know why this is probably just arbitrary in my head, but felt the need to be very buttoned up, very professional. Um, and then the reality is that when I got probably my late twenties or early thirties, I just, it just went away. I was just, mm -hmm. I lost the, uh, the interest in other people's opinions about how I communicated or how I got things done. Mm -hmm. um, and it is, it's growth, it's experience, it's knowledge, it's wisdom. And, uh, I think we're just getting older. I know. <laughs> I think you're right. I think, but oh my God, I think about this all the time. Like if I, if my mentality now is what it like, if I had the mentality now when I was 23 right. or 24, I just, it's just an interesting kind of game to play. Like, and I'm very content and happy and thankful and grateful with everything in my life. But I, I just look back and I'm like, wow, this like no fears, no limits mentality. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I certainly didn't get that until I grew up a little bit. Right. It's like those, those risks or knowing that, you know what, like you said, everyone is human and relatable and it's okay to ask and don't be timid. And, if, uh, you know, those types of things is that, you know, what you're saying, if we had, no, if we had like acted like that or known that, that I think you just have to grow through that. Don't you think? Yeah. I, I know I did. Right. So for my, I know I had to, other people might, might've gotten that earlier, but, but it's like the ability to not care what's on the other end of it. Mm -hmm. And it's also, and I don't know if this is a result of working, of owning a business versus working for somebody else, but I also often feel, you know, I meet people all the time and I'm just genuinely interested in meeting with them and talking with them and just building relationships without a, an agenda in mind behind it Absolutely. versus the secret need of like, you know, I feel like sometimes if you're working for somebody else, you know, I, I don't want to let down my boss. So I feel the need to like push a deal harder, push to make something happen versus right. now I just, I, I don't, I don't feel that pressure. And I, I hope that at Alderson Loop and we are creating an environment where it's about doing the right thing for people, not doing mm -hmm. a right thing for just the bottom line business number. It's so true. And when you're genuinely interested in someone, and I'm just having a flashback from when we were walking in Los Angeles, uh, when we were at one of our conferences, we traveled together and had a lot of fun. And um, I think we were having that conversation. It was like, you know, when you pass different, different people on the street, you know, you're always wondering, like, I wonder what their story is, or, you know, you'd love to hear you know, how they, how they came here, what they're thinking. It's like that, that human curiosity, that, that care, really, that genuine care, which is so great. So speaking of um, big, big things in your life and in your business, you recently bought one? Uh, uh, two, <laughs> two different times buildings, right? That's where you're going, I think. Two buildings, which is such an amazing accomplishment. So tell us about your thought process of when you started thinking about that and how it really came about. Because I think that this is such an important thing. All of the people that I coach, I'm always like, you know, you need to grow your wealth, grow your portfolio, diversify your income. And and through smart property purchases, it can be just so, so productive. So share that with us so we can help some people out there. Yeah. And, and so our, our core business, right. I mean, Alderson loop at the core, we do technology and creative project staffing, right? So 
that is where 95% of my energy and time is spent. Mm-hmm. And uh, my business partner and I, I've, I've always had, uh, and he has as well, kind of a side interest in real estate. It's always been kind of a, a passion interest, um, passion project or passion interest of mine. So when the opera, so we were, we were outgrowing our space and the, and again, you go back to, I look at things as, you know, it's this or that there's a couple of choices, right. And, and being able to quickly kind of narrow them down. So we were outgrowing our space. And the question is, Hey, we want to stay in Sykesville. We love being in the area of Sykesville. It's a great community. Uh, other companies in our space aren't on main street Sykesville, right. So we're a little bit unique in that space. In addition to being a woman owned business and some other things that kind of separate us from our competition. Um, and then it really came down to, Hey, we can rent or we can look at trying to, to buy something to rent to ourselves. And then ultimately to your point, have it as an asset. And, and I look at it as, um, I'm a competitive person. So I played basketball in high school and in college. And and I really look at business as an extension of that as a sport almost to me. And so I look at it as a game with myself. Um, And on the real estate thing, it was just like, okay, here's another way. If we're going to be paying rent to somebody, why not pay it to pay down the mortgage? And then that becomes an asset. And I think for a lot of people, there's always that fine line of, of, risk. I'm pretty risk tolerant. Um, but there's that line of like, well, if I have, if I buy a building and I carry a mortgage and then something happens, you know, then, then I'm in real trouble. And that's an individual decision for everybody to make. But I think for us, it was very, it was very much a no brainer, um, because we're looking at it in, you know, 15, 20 years, we have then an additional asset independent of our core business. Right. And and it's like, we'll blink. And that will be 15 years just of rent that is really working in your favor. It's amazing. It's amazing. So how does it feel being in, being in the space? Um, probably a little bit different than you anticipated it, right? <laughs> it's, it's funny when you, uh, and you know this too, right? When you own the building, then you're also the landlord and then you're also the maintenance person, right? right. And, and, and uh, at some level, all of those little things so it's, it's been awesome. It's been exciting. It's, um, you know, we had our, um, a socially distanced optional tour because our building was finished during, in the heat of, of COVID, right? So, so in May, so we offered people, if you want to come in and see the office, you know, our internal staff, it was maybe 10 or 12 people you come in certain times and you can kind of walk through and, and see the space. Um, and I found myself, you know, it's just funny when you're, when you own something versus renting it, you know, we'll make sure that you're putting like, you know, clean up after yourself a little, a little bit more than otherwise. Um, but it's, it's, it's been awesome. It's a really collaborative space. It's open. We were able to really design it the way that we wanted. And we did it really with our employees in mind, um, which I think has been the most fantastic thing and kind of getting their feedback along the way and really trying to create a space that makes them want to come, uh, to work when, when we're on the other side of this and that ends up being, um, when people end coming back to the office. That's great. I love the open collaborative space. And you have a lot of quotes on the wall, don't you? I'm a big quote person. I'm a I big know, quote I person. I, you know me, I'm like right there with you. Um, so share some, share some. Yeah. Uh, so we have, a, we, have a, we have a bunch actually, and it's funny, we actually just ordered a couple more to, to put 
a couple a couple extra. Um, but in each of the bathrooms, we have quotes. Um, we have our purpose and values written very largely on one of our main walls here. Uh, some of the quotes, let's see, off the top of my head, um, there's a Walt Disney one that talks talks about um, give people something that they will want to do or want to experience, and they'll tell their friends. So I love the idea and the concept of looking at other businesses and seeing how it can inspire, be relevant to yours, right? Mm -hmm. So I look at a Walt Disney quote, and you know, there's not many parallels between IT staffing and Walt Dis and uh, Disney World, um, but I look at it as experience, right? What experience are we giving to clients? Are we giving to candidates? Are we giving to employees that then they will want to tell their friends about us and the experience that they had with us? Uh, there's a Sarah Blakely quote who I, I know is one, is one of your favorites and mine as well. Um, just talking about, you know, making mistakes. And so what you make a mistake, the worst thing that happens is that you learn from it. So mm -hmm. um, I love that one. And, and trying to really surround the office with those types of things is just an extra level of reassurance is probably the wrong word, but just really trying to send a message to the employees of, hey, give people a good experience, be responsive. And if you screw up along the way, like, okay, that's okay. Like mm -hmm. it is not the end of the world. I've certainly made more than my fair share and will continue to make my fair share of screw ups. Um, but just make sure that we're learning from them and being thoughtful that the end of the day, the experience of the person that you're giving the service to mm -hmm. is really, I believe the most, most important thing in business. So, so good. So good. So how would you describe yourself as a leader? I would hope that my team would describe me as fair. The most important thing to me as a leader is to be fair. Um, fair, kind, demanding, um, and clear. I think those are probably, uh, and, and that's certainly, I hope that's how they would describe me and that's how I'd, I'd like to be viewed. That's a type of, mm -hmm leader that I'd like to be. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that that kindness is a very empowering uh, for me. It's very much my leadership style. Um, I want to make sure that people are clear on expectations, that I have agreement from them that they can meet those expectations. And then if they're not met, that's a different conversation. Uh, but I don't believe in strongly dictating. Uh, and I don't believe in, you know, threats. It's just not, it's not my style. And I think that's something that early on um, was a little bit of an adjustment for me because it's very core to, to who I am to, uh, I, I, I am a, like, I don't know what I was saying. I am a kind person, right? Like I want to be nice to you, but I want you to, but I'm also very competitive and I'm a driver and I want to get stuff done. So we've got to be on that same wavelength, but I think there's a there's definitely a balance of being clear and treating people with respect. And I think anybody in any position, you have to be respectful and, and kind and also interested in what they care about. It's not just about driving business. It's about driving business to help them also accomplish what they want to accomplish in their personal lives and professionally. Those so. are such solid words. And it's, you know, I just adore you and I am so proud of you. I love your tenacity. I love your drive. It always motivates me. Just being around you feels not only um, 
so encouraging and and fun and inspiring, but also calming. So you really do wear both those hats so well. It's like this kind, calming presence, but then you know deep down you've got your plan, you're going for it and watch out, you're gonna get it. And I love that about you, I really do. I appreciate that. Um, so, okay, so let's talk about your team. Well, let's talk about hiring, okay? So what's some ad advice that you have out there about timing a hire and building a team because i feel like that's one thing that business owner owners struggle with severely you know cart horse when how why who and you are in that space and you see it all the time obviously with the re recruiting um so talk to us about that yeah I think one of, so it depends on your stage of business, right? But I, I think the one thing, especially as someone is building a company, is to be very thoughtful. Uh, a couple of things. Hiring for your weaknesses, I think, is important. But, it, but hiring for your weaknesses does not mean that you don't have to spend the time or do the work to learn. To, you have to be dangerous enough in every area of your business. I think that's really important. Um, and I think also building as you're growing a business, making sure that you're hiring a, not so tightly that if something goes wrong, something small goes wrong, that all of a sudden your back's up against the wall and you can't afford that person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as, as Alderson Loop was growing, we were really very thoughtful about, okay, when we hit X gross profit, then we can hire a person to do this scope of work. Then when we hit Y, we can hire another person and allowing for a little bit of cushion in there. Right. Um, and I think that was also really helpful, quite honestly, through the, the COVID situation. You know, we were very fortunate, very proud that we didn't have to have any major layoffs um, mm -hmm. due, due to, um, to COVID. And preparing, mentally preparing, you know, back in March for the fact that we might have had to it, it was much easier to do knowing those kind of gross profit and revenue trigger points that allows you to hire up or hire down without drastically putting you or your business in, in out of business. Um, so I think it's important when hiring to have kind of a, an end roadmap of what you want something to look like in 12 months, three years, and five years. I don't do any planning further than three to five years. Um, and then also making sure that as you're hiring, you're hiring for your weaknesses, but being dangerous enough in everything. Uh, and then also making sure that you have those trigger points of when it makes sense to bring on a new person. Um, and corporate culture is extremely important, especially when you're growing a business. Um, if I look back to, you know, our first three hires are still here with us and they've moved throughout the company um, and they're all fantastic. And I hope that they're with us for, um, for much longer, right? For the duration of this business. But if you look at those first three hires, have those been a three different hires, it could have ultimately affected the trajectory of the company. So um, a bit long-winded answer to your question, but but I think making sure that your combination of not being too aggressive with your hiring, hiring for your weaknesses uh, are probably the two most important things and corporate culture. Well, and, and I think also saying, you know, being dangerous enough in every angle of your business that, you know, sometimes it's, it, you probably do this too. It's like, 
we'll see something and then we'll just go in, tear our, you know, get our hands on it, but look at everything and be like, you know, just almost cause like a, all right, what's happening here? What's going on? What's going on here? And as the owner and CEO, sometimes we have to do that because it takes our eyes, our knowing, our perspective to just go in and, and look at it and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. Like, let's just, let's just re-examine this. Do you, do you have those moments? Absolutely. Well, and I think the yes is the short answer to your question. I, and I think the, I'll call it an advantage, right? And, it, and it's something that we try very hard to instill uh, in our employees. But the advantage of being the owner or the CEO or executive leadership in a company is that you you have visibility into all those things, right? And that visibility, visibility allows you to really understand how all the pieces work together. Um, and if somebody is, is pretty narrowly in their lane, they might be amazing in operations or amazing in sales, but if they don't understand the full life cycle of how the business runs, right. I believe that will ultimately limit their ability to really be exceptional in their job. So I think it's important to make sure that we're giving everybody in the company at least a, a viewpoint into what other roles are. Um, but certainly as an owner, I mean, if, you, if you're not dangerous enough to be able to at some level do it, then you're certainly not dangerous enough to be able to judge if it's working. Right, right. Okay, so a couple of uh, more questions before we wrap this up. I mean, this, this is like, this could be so many good nuggets of information here. So tell us about um, some habits that you are your, are your go-tos and what motivates you, what keeps you going? So I'll start with the, I'll start with the second question. Um, okay. <laughs> I, it's, it, I mean, gra like it's as simple as gratitude for me. I am so appreciative for, I mean, for my life, right? And whether it's DNA or how my parents raised me or decisions that I've made as a result of those two things, something has put me in the space to just, genuinely wake up every day being thrilled to to do what I do right and, and that's not to say that you know yesterday I had four client issues that popped up and it was the day after Labor Day and you know that stuff happens too but in the grand scheme of things it's it's gratitude and and wanting to expand that and making sure that as this founder as the CEO that I am doing everything that I can to deliver for our employees and our contractors and our clients. Um, but it's really ultimately driven by gratitude and the appreciation to even have the opportunity to be able to, to, to do that, for, to have the opportunity to be in a place where you can work with such talented people and wonderful clients. And I, and I really believe, I'm gonna share, share this, this quick story. Uh, you know, I get emails or phone calls of people or, or we'll, I'll meet them at different work events who have worked for us in the past or uh, are current employees of ours, you know, and some of the comments, and this is subtle, right, but we put people in jobs, we put people on, uh, on projects. Right. And, and, you know, one woman I remember came to me and said, you know, because of the job that you guys helped me get, it shortened my commute by 45 minutes, I'm now spending time with my daughter more and helping her with, this was a single mom, and helping her with her homework, which now she's doing better in school and she has more confidence. And I'm literally about to cry just talking about it because a handful of those, the, uh, the ripple effect of what we do here really matters. And so back to your question about what drives me, like it's that coupled with the gratitude that I'm in a position to be able to even have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, 
And as far as the habit piece of it, I mean, I think building in uh, some sort of routine for whatever, whatever building in routine, I think is important. And I think follow-up is really important. And when you're talking about growing relationships of any kind, whether it's clients, whether it's uh, employees, um, follow-up is important and really being there for people when you say you're going to be there for them um, and checking in with them and making sure that you are constantly doing your part in holding up the, the relationship side. So, um, you know, from a habit standpoint, my calendar is filled of check-ins of when I'm just calling people to say, you know, hi, how are you? Right. With no, no particular motive behind it. Um, and then I think also making sure that we build a company and a culture surrounded by habits and, and not letting, and, and it's funny, not letting little things slip really matters, right? So, um, you know, we were in a meeting this morning and, and something on an Excel spreadsheet was not highlighted the way that it was supposed to be highlighted, right? Super small, super like in the weeds. Right. Um, and I pointed out, and it's not that I'm trying to be that annoying CEO, right? But it is the point of like, no guys, every little thing that we do matters and you get a foundation and then you build and you build and you build. And if anything underneath that becomes loose, and we're not doing it the Alderson loop way, then it ends up becoming the foundation starts to crumble. So I think building habits personally is really important. Also building habits for your business. Yes. It's the practice. It's the discipline. And to go back to the single mom that you were talking about, it's really those good vibrations that really, really um, keep us going. You know, mm -hmm. cue the 90s song. It's good vibration. <laughs> Who was that? Who sang that? Uh, I know. I'm singing it in my head, but I can't um, think of it. Oh, that's a Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Is, oh, that song. No, I was thinking the one that's like, um, good vibrations. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Sweet. Sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't think of it. Oh, yes. That? Are we get, we, Lauren, we need a night out. My goodness. Oh my God, this is going to bug me that I can't think of it. I know what you're talking about. It's not, um, oh, oh. Uh, CNC Music Factory. Yes. Ah, good call. I think you're right. I think you're right. We're going to have to Google it. As soon as we get off here, I'm going to Google it and text you and just confirm. That sounds right. I remember right. the CD case right in my head. <laughs> um, okay. So um, we're going to talk a, bit, a little bit about some podcasts and some um, books that you read. But for, first, here's a really important question. How do you and I meet Sarah Blakely and just sit down and, and have five minutes with her. Wouldn't that be like a dream? I'm putting that out to the universe for us. Yes. I think that we should. So I, it's funny that you say that because I had a plan in my head and now we can do it together. Oh. I was, I was going to try to like, and she has a million other things to do. Right. But I, I feel like, I don't know, 200th episode of your podcast, hundredth episode, maybe she'll, she'll throw you a bone and show up and do it. it. I feel it. She's on my list. She really yeah. is on my list. And, um, you know, just, what she does, how she shows up, who she is. And she really is um, an awesome, awesome role model for, you know, just, what are we in our forties? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> late thirties, late thirties. Don't add me yet. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, well, when, when Annette, either one of us have the opportunity, we'll just, we'll be sure to grab the other one. Absolutely. That's a deal right there. Okay, so Sarah Blakely, we're here. We're ready when you are. Whatever you want to do, coffee, wine, um, you know, Olivia Newton-John can join us. That's fine or whatever. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so let let you, I know you're a podcast junkie. Obviously, your podcast is awesome. I ha think I've listened to every single episode. Hearing the women's stories, I love how you go deep about their childhood and um, and their journeys. What podcasts do you love and listen to? And other any good books to share? Kind of twofold again. I like yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, so I I listened to the um, I think the guy that hosted is Guy Guy Raz. Yes. Uh, How I built this, yes. which is you've you, you've listened to that one. Awesome. I think you mentioned it before. Yeah. Awesome. So it's just a background. It's just talking to entrepreneurs who've built businesses of all sizes. I mean, the people that he has on his show are are um, like they're billion dollar, multi billion dollar companies. Um, so that's one. I just actually stumbled onto another one uh, two days ago. Tony Gonzalez. I think it's called Wide Open. So he, I didn't know much about him, but he's a former professional football player. I think maybe played for the Atlanta Falcons, but I could be wrong with that. But anyway, he started this podcast called Wide Open, um, and I'm, I'm a couple of episodes into it, but uh, but I like it. I, I, it's so far so good. So those would be, probably be my top two of the moment right now, in addition okay. to yours, of course. But oh, you're sweet. You know. <laughs> and any good books? Are we are we a Kindle or are we a book girl? What are we doing? I am a book girl through and through. I, I tried, yeah, I tried the Kindle. I can't do it. I can't even do audiobooks. Uh, and in fairness, actually, let me, let me back that up a little bit. I haven't tried an audiobook. I do podcasts, but something about holding the paper mm -hmm. and reading like a, a, a nice book, like just that, I, that's my sweet spot. I like that. Um, so book that I'm reading now um, is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, which is the founder of Nike, yes. which so far so good. Yes, um, Jennifer Collins just uh, mentioned this on our last podcast. She oh, loved that book. Did she? Oh my yeah. God, I haven't listened. I just saw it pop up yesterday. I have to listen to that one. I love her. I'm, I love her. I'm sure that's a fantastic interview with her. Um, yeah, so that's so that's one that I'm through uh, or partially through. Um, and then one of my favorite business books, I, I read it many years ago, but it was a, it was a life changer for me, is um, Fierce Conversations. Yep, Susan Scott, right? Yes, yes, I love that book. And anybody who is um, having difficulty at work being direct or mo anybody moving into a leadership role, I highly, highly recommend that book. Um, and certainly for any... Um, entrepreneurs who, you know, relation, talking about building relationships, but still being able to move and push things forward. That book is fantastic. She has a second book called Fierce Leadership. Didn't know that. Have you read that one? I have. And it's really good. In fact, I only remembered it because I just was going through my books this weekend. We were decluttering. Um, and a funny story about that book. So when I stepped in to be the chief operating officer of my former company, literally I kept, because it's like a textbook read. It's not like, you know, it's not a beach read, right? Some business books just flow. This one's like, all right, you got to get out your highlighter and really take notes. So I would keep that book on my desk. And before any tough conversation, honestly, like when it was like, you know, I had to like talk to somebody about something that was confrontational or I was in a leadership role. And I, I honestly had just kind of stepped into it, didn't really know what I was doing. And I would pick up that book and like read like the first page and then just use that in a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Did I'm you like, okay, I'm just going to follow this formula done. I could say that. <laughs> <laughs> did you find over time that you were building that that became like habit as to what you did? Yes. What I like about that book is that it's peel the onion, you know, keep on asking the clarifying questions, 
don't just assume and just keep on getting to the real root of the problem. And mm -hmm. that's what I like about it is the clarifying questions, not the solution-based, you know, the, um, and, and assuming questions, which is, it's a practice. It really is. It's a discovery. And I think it's something it, that book really helped me as well. So um, I'll definitely drop that in the show notes. Well, and it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, back to something that we were talking about earlier, being dangerous enough in a whole bunch of different areas. I think sometimes, you know, entrepreneurs obviously have the confidence to start their, their own business, right? So they have deep confidence in some area, whether it's their product or service or general business knowledge, like whatever it is, they have enough confidence to start a business. And being able to get dangerous enough in all the other areas is really about what you just talked about there, which is asking enough questions until you understand something until you understand it. Doesn't mean you have to be expert of it, but to be able to have a basic understanding might come from three or four questions um, mm -hmm. that you're asking to make sure you get it. So I think that's a really important, important skill. It is, it is. So how can we help you? And what do you wanna put out to your universe? What is your ask and how can we help you and um, learn more about you and follow you and do whatever you need right now? How can we support you? Um, well, thank you first off for having me as a guest on your show. I love it. I always love catching up with you and talking with you. So I'm glad that we were able to do this. Um, and it feels like I forget that we're like talking or being recorded. I feel like we're just talking. So I know it's great. Yeah. One of the wonderful things about you. Um, I'm, a, I'm, my, I'm mostly on LinkedIn. So Lauren Asgari, A-S-G-H-A-R-I is the last name. Um, that's a good place to find me. Um, I'm always interested in connecting and talking with, with, literally anybody. So, um, feel free to sync up with me there. Um, I, I don't know if I have an, an ask beyond that. I mean, be, be good to each other out there, everybody, right. Um, that's probably, that's probably it at this moment. If I, uh, if I come up with something better than that, I assure you, I, uh, I'll come back to you and say, Annette, can you have me on again? Because I want to make an ask, but that's good. Uh, well, please do. And you know what, we will have you back on again because you're going to be like 10 years ink Inc. 5,000. Well, you're going to be like top 500, 10 years and <laughs> just made, you know, fortune that Forbes. What's the big goal here? What's the big goal here? Uh, well, I just want to keep growing. Just okay. want to keep growing. The outside accolades are wonderful, uh, but I just want to keep growing and having a happy employee base. That's it. Those two things happen. I'm, I'm a happy camper. Well, awesome. You are doing it. You are doing it well. You are an amazing mom. You are an amazing leader and an amazing friend. And I'm so grateful for you. And I just am so proud of you. And I love, love, love being with you and watching your growth. I just, it's awesome. It's inspiring. It's fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for your support. All right. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Wow. What an episode. Did you learn something new? I hope so. I am so happy you were able to be here with us today. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a review and I will be sure to read it and respond to you. Also, if you'd like to email me, my email address is urock at iEvolveConsulting.com. Hit subscribe and every Tuesday you'll get notification when the next episode drops. We really have some amazing interviews and tips in the future. Anything you need, I'm here for you. I want you to keep your momentum. I want to help you stay accountable. I want you to stay inspired. I want you to evolve. 
So please let me know what you need and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next time.